up, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Hughley, and I am joined again today by my main guys, Seth Gross, Earl from the Open Mat, and Jack Mueller. Um, how are you doing today, Jack? Doing well. Just ready to talk some wrestling. Just watch some crazy matches, so I'm fired up. Oh, yeah, for sure. That before we jumped on here, they got me to watch the Caldwell Lang match from 2007, and that that's absolutely wild. I definitely suggest you go watch that if anybody's listening. So you have um, a minute and 40 seconds of your time. It is <laughs> worth it. <laughs> absolutely wild. Um, well, anyways, let's keep moving on. Seth, how are you doing today? Ah, oh, doing pretty well, man. I'm extremely sore today, so I've been doing a lot of running and calisthenics, and I just lifted for the first time in a while yesterday, and I'm feeling it big time today, but besides that, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited to get going, man. Um, this thing's going to be a lot of fun. But how are you doing today, Earl? Can't complain. Feeling good. Ready to talk some wrestling. Did you uh, get picked up by the Washington Nats? No, unfortunately, that was uh, about an order I placed. I forgot about it, and I saw my phone uh, ring with their number yesterday. I was like, what in the world is that? <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I liked how uh, I commented on it. I was like, like, what's that about? And uh, I get I get a poll back. It's, uh, you know, are they, are they calling me up? Am I going to be a hat model? All these other kind of things. I, uh, I definitely voted hat model. I think that was the one to pick. Yeah, that's uh, ended up being my trademark, I guess. I didn't necessarily intend for that to happen, but yeah. I know uh, Coach Bono tried to convince me it was a Wisconsin hat at one point. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, all right, well, I mean, we can go ahead and, and get into this thing. Um, before we start, I know that we usually have one more person on here with us. Um, Sam and Jude are both doing wrestling things and are very busy but we do have a special guest today and nobody knows except for me so this one's going to be fun um so i'm going to go ahead and let him in and you guys will will have a fun surprise so here he comes yes <laughs> all right so mr sam hayeswinkle i don't know if you can hear us yet we'll probably have to check and make sure the audio is all good but um can you hear us sam maybe not you guys hear me yeah yeah we can hear yeah. you can you hear us nope not yet i can't hear you oh man um all right well we'll give him a second to get working on that um and we'll just go ahead and and start moving a little bit um as soon as we get him in we'll take a second and talk to him um but can y'all see my, my screen? Yeah. All right. Um, so as he gets that set up, um, we'll go ahead and start talking a little bit. So we're going to, to be getting into the next quadrant of, of duels today. Um, the first one's going to be 2013 versus 2011. And then we're going to drop down and do 2012 versus 2007. Um, Sam, can you hear us? Nope. Oh, it looked like it. Um, but anyways, the, uh, the, how we've gotten to this point, um, is on the other side, we, you know, we finished the first half of the round of 16 
and we had 2005 taking the win over 2008, 22 to 10. Um, 2015 took the win over 2006, 21 to 13. Um, and 2018 took the win over 2009, 22 to 9. 2016 took the win over 2010, 16 to 15. That was an absolute barn burner. Um, and man, I'm excited to get this going. Um, but I'm trying to make sure that, that we can get get in contact with, with Sam. I can see him down here. I can hear him, but he can't hear us. So maybe try some headphones. Um, Speaking of sore, man, I wrestled for the first time yesterday. And I wrestled with this kid that, like, like, I love him, but he's kind of, like, spazzy in terms of just clubbing super hard. And my neck is destroyed right now. <laughs> I'm hurting so bad. And, uh, yeah. and we, like, so first time back in a while, it's, like, we started, like, drilling, and then it turned into a spar. And then he was, like, all right, first to five takedowns. And I was, like, all right, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> and uh, and the clubs and, came even harder. Yeah, exactly. And then by that time, the mats were just drenched. And I slipped. And he fell on my knee. Hello, like, hello. And hey, can you hear us? cut bad right over his eye. Just gushing blood. <laughs> oh. Man, why is it that every time you get out of wrestling for just a little bit, it's not even that long, and you go back into it, it's always the neck. Always. Like, I don't know. Nothing else is like that, that bad. But yeah, same thing. Every single year getting back into wrestling, like, I'm a coach. I don't like, even, I'm not even going. Like you guys hey, are, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. My neck, I can't move my neck for two weeks, but uh, can you hear us now, Sam? I can. I had a awesome. second screen plugged in, and it stole my uh, hearing for some reason. <laughs> You're good. No worries. I'm not, I'm not computer savvy, I guess. <laughs> What's up, fellas? What's not up? Much. Morning. Yeah. Right. How are you doing today? I am. <laughs> Doing better. I won against the computer. That's always a good day. Uh, no Terminator's going to take me out. Awesome. <laughs> I, I know that uh, this this is going to be fun, man. We've been wanting to get you on for a little while. You've been uh, following us, and we really appreciate you tuning in and and uh, not being too mad at us. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not a sore loser at all. Nah, it was, it's all for fun, man. It was, it was a good time. Absolutely, it's for fun. Hey, you're, I, uh, you're still the I'm best ever winner in my mind. I, that's, I appreciate that, Jack. <laughs> good man. Us, us little guys do stick together. Yeah. Us sure. are like heavyweights. You know, you yeah. always had the little guy with the big guy. Makes then no we sense. Can, yeah, we can pick on everybody else. It allows <laughs> us to uh, pick on all the other weights, and then we hide behind the heavyweight. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I love your guys' intro, though. Sad I didn't get to hear it. Yeah. It's the best intro on podcast. Oh, thanks, Good. man. Yeah. You talking about the music at the beginning? Yeah. 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 My, uh, so my little brother does a bunch of, like, he composes, you know, songs and stuff like that. And um, that actually wasn't his, but his, one of his good friends. So that's pretty, pretty cool that I got to use that. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but agreed. All right, we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, I mean, we brought you on to talk wrestling, so might as well get talking some wrestling. Uh, Let's do it. 
Sweet. So let's go. The first duel that we're going to talk about today um, is going to be 2013 versus 2011. This thing is absolutely stupid. I mean, I don't know if you guys have looked at this much, but like some of these matchups, I, I don't know. I started looking at them and I just, my head hurt and I couldn't pick. And so I was like, all right, I'll just wait till later and just, it'll be a spur of the moment decision. Yeah, um, and, and the fact that three guys show up twice, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. We got Jordan Oliver, Kyle Dake, and Quentin Wright all in here twice. And they're obviously on different, different teams. It's, <laughs> I think, uh, I think both the, the Hodge winners are against each other here too. Burroughs and Dake are the Hodge winners, I believe. Yeah. Man, uh, this is going to be crazy. Um, I, I, I don't think that it's probably a question. I think we're probably going to end at 165, right? Oh yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, awesome. So before we, we jump into 174 and kick it off, um, let's just roll through our lineups real quick um, on either side. And 2013, um, who has 2013? Earl? Yeah. Awesome. Earl, just tell us a little bit about um, these guys on the lineup for 2013. All right, you got six undefeated NCAA champions here. You got Jesse Delgado, 125, 133, Logan Stieber. 141, Kendrick Maple, 149, Jordan Oliver, 157, Derek St. John, 165, Kyle Dake, 174, Chris Perry, 184, Ed Ruth, 197, Quentin Wright, and heavyweight Tony Nelson. Stacked. All right, the other side, 2011. Yeah, that's me. I get Anthony Robles, Jordan Oliver, Kellen Russell, Kyle Dake, Bubba Jenkins, Jordan Burroughs. John Reeder, Quentin Wright, Dustin Kilgore, and Zach Ray. And this, this is a these are two stacked lineups. I mean, this is easily probably the the craziest duel that we've done out of any of these projects we've done. I think this is really going to be awesome. Uh, so we'll start off at one seventy four. Chris Perry versus John Reeder. Man, uh, go ahead and kick us off a little bit about Chris Perry, Earl. All right, this is junior year Chris Perry. He is a two-time All-American now, uh, was third as a sophomore, first as a junior. He beat in the quarterfinals Nick Heflin, semis Robert Kokesh, finals Matt Brown. Each of those matches went to sudden victory or tiebreakers. Um, he also won the Southern Scuffle that year, beating Logan Storley, and he was 36-2 and for the season. Man. No, the other end of things, he is he is your well, he was your coach and now he's your your co coach, I guess. Uh John Reeder. Tell us about John Reeder, Seth. Yeah, so I, I guess I might know this guy a little bit, but uh yeah, John Reeder here at this time, so the senior year, uh three time all American, uh one time national champ. Uh senior year he had uh he bonused in twenty seven out of his thirty-eight matches. And, uh, yeah, he's on fire his senior year. I think he's also the year he didn't place. He was the one seed and uh, ended up not placing. But he had an amazing career. And he's he, John Reeder's famous. Everybody knows his picture of kind of his head wrap going on and the big old flex. And uh, so that was at that national title he won. And, uh, yeah, so that's John Reeder. Man, if there's one picture on the internet that you can look at and just immediately be like, I want to run through a wall right now, <laughs> Yo. that might be it. Yeah, um, I think he's got one in his office, and every time I see it, it's so cool. Yeah, see that picture, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go run five miles and 
Do all <laughs> yeah. kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, it I mean, it's his personality. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's always fired up, man. Always. Yeah. So how are we thinking with, with this one? Maybe stylistically what, I mean, I'm interested to hear what some people got to say, Sam, do you have a, a take on this one? Oh man, they, yeah, they were both good. And, and I agree with the stylistic, uh, you have the, the technician versus the, uh, goer and, I'm I'm leaning toward Reader right now. I'm curious to hear both sides a little more. But uh, I know growing up, my dad always said, uh, when all else is conditioning's number one. Conditioning's what's going to win it. And you come come down to both them on a good year, and I'll take the conditioning guy. Awesome. Yeah, I'll jump I'll jump in on that next. I think yeah, he was just a brute that year, man. He was. He was just mean out there on the mat, hand fight dudes to death, keep going, didn't stop. And, I mean, still to this day, this dude's out there scrapping with all the college guys and just annihilating them in the room all the time. And he hasn't changed a bit, but this guy was unbelievable, fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, he was really – I mean, I think it was underrated how good he was on top um, with his claw series, different things. And um, I'm going to give it to Reader. Yeah, so for me – the, the thing that kind of pops in my head when I'm deciding here is trying to determine which year Chris Perry this is. Um, and, and I think it, the answer kind of differs for me depending on, on which, which one it is. And this one is the one that he beat Matt Brown in the finals, right? So this is his first national title. Um, with that being said, I, I think personally I would have leaned more Chris Perry if it was the second title when he beat, when he beat Howe. Um, but since it's, it's the first one, I think I'm also going to lean John Reader on this. Um, but I'm interested to hear, uh, everybody else. So Earl, what are you thinking? Yeah, man. Um, Reader had a close match with, uh, I think Chris Henrik in the semifinals, but other than that, he was pretty, pretty dang dominant, you know, throughout the tournament. Um, Perry was kind of getting by these guys and you know I don't know maybe he had a d deeper weight class with uh, all these big 10 guys that were always there at 174 at that point but uh yeah they they both were uh kind of monsters on the mat uh Seth mentioned with the claw for a reader and uh Perry would just grind guys into the mat the, the leg ride but I do think that uh reader's pace would probably be the difference and I'm going to take him Jack what are you feeling um I got Reader as well. I think I was at first I was thinking and it was the Andrew Howe year and uh I feel like Reader and Howe kind of have similar styles, um similar body builds. So I think I'd have gone Perry there, but a younger Perry, John Reader was a tough, tough guy. I'm sure Seth has a boatload of stories about him, but I got one, so I'm just going to say it because I love my I love stories. John Reader stories. Um when Keegan was in college, my brother, he said there was one, only one guy that he was ever afraid of wrestling, and that was John Reader. He goes, this guy would warm up before his matches for like three hours straight. And it was like terrifying to Keegan. He was like, if this guy can warm up for three hours and then go out and wrestle as hard as he does, like he's a psychopath. <laughs> like, I don't Dude, yeah, he, he's still a wild man. <laughs> he's still waking up like right now with everything going on. This dude's waking up at like 5 a.m., getting his workout in. Freaking gets on a call, gets another workout in. This dude works out like freaking four times a day, and this dude is unreal, man. Yeah, Still different for sure. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like you're saying, I think it does make a difference in the, the year for Chris Perry. I know I talk about it kind of all the time, but I, I love um, Ryan Warner's podcast, Wrestling Saved My Life, and Chris Perry was on, and that might actually be my favorite podcast of any of all time. I loved listening to it. Um, but when I looked at this match, the first thing that kind of went through my head was listening to him, him listening to Chris Perry himself talk, um, talked about when he won this title, it was kind of like, you know, he was training hard and obviously this was the goal, but um, it was, it was almost like it was kind of on autopilot for him. And it, it was, he just kind of went out there and did his thing and it just, it happened. And whereas the next year when he had Andrew Howe, it was kind of like almost a vision quest kind of deal. Like the dude was not going to lose, was not going to be denied. He had something to like really push him and like drive him. And that's why I just, I think it's a little bit different for me there, but John Ritter wins the match either way. Um, and we will move on to 184 pounds where we have a battle of Nittany Lions, Ed Ruth versus Quentin Wright. This one had to go down in the practice room about every day there for a span of a couple of years. Um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and, and tell you a little bit about these guys and we'll kick it off with Ed Ruth. All right. So this is Ed Ruth's junior year. So he's a three-time All-American, two-time NCAA champion. He beat in the quarterfinals Josh Einan of Nebraska 11-1, Steve Bozak, the returning champion, 4-1 in the semis. And then Robert Hamlin, 12-4 in the finals. Hamlin was a runner-up, I think, in 2011 as well, uh, losing to Wright. Um, Ruth had a 68-match winning streak at the end of this year, and he also won his third Southern Scuffle title. Not bad. On the other end of things, Seth, tell us about Quentin Wright in 2011. Uh, yep, so Quentin Wright was a sophomore in 2011. Um yeah, so he was his freshman year. He wasn't a starter originally. Um, whoever was the starter ended up getting injured. He stepped in and got the job done. All-American as a freshman, wanted his second year. And um, this is the year he beat Hamlin in the finals, and then he beat Gar Grant Gambrill in the semis. So this is his sophomore season. Awesome. Um, I, I mean, I'm interested to hear what you guys got to say about this one, but, I mean, I think that – for me, it's kind of – it's definitely Ed Ruth for me. Um, he's just generational talent, one of the best to ever do it. Um, I don't, I don't want to say he was kind of like outshined because he obviously wasn't, but he – the reason he doesn't have a, a Hodge is because David Taylor was there at the same time and won the Hodge the, the year they were both just incredible. Um, I mean, they are both incredible for several years. But um, I, I think just – Ed Ruth is just one of the best to ever do it. And I'm, I'm definitely going to go Ed Ruth. Um, but I will, I'll kick it to Jack. Let's hear what, what, what do you got to say? Um, whenever I think of Ed Ruth, I think the only other athlete that I can compare to him is like Magic Johnson and how smooth he was and how just like, I mean, if you think of Ed Ruth, you just think of that misdirection, people falling on their face. He gets in on legs without guys touching him. Um, just something else to watch. Uh, he was just like, he was just magic, <laughs> you know? Um, really, really inspiring to watch. Uh, so technical, so smooth. Um, I got Ruth by bonus here. I got him by a major. Yeah, I think I could be on with that. 
Did uh, real quick? Did you just compare a uh, a wrestler to a basketball player? Yeah, I did. That's that's and a sin. I'm I'm not shamed. <laughs> um, what we'll we'll skate on past that one. Um, I like it. The Magic Johnson of wrestling. <laughs> He's the Magic right. Johnson of wrestling. Hey. He is so smooth. Hey, so call your shot. Um, all right, Earl, what are you thinking? Yeah, this year uh, when Quentin Wright won, he uh, he was really beat up earlier in the year. He had a lot of shoulder injuries, which led to a bunch of bunch of losses and stuff. Um, and he, even I think he had the big shoulder wrap uh, in the NCAA tournament. So um, I don't I just don't I don't see anybody staying within a. I don't want to say anybody, but I'll, I'll say I don't think Wright stays within major decision of uh, Ed Ruth at this point. Yeah. Sam, what do you think about these these guys here? Yeah, I was going to compare them to uh, Jaden Cox. I thought they wrestled uh, – both kind of overlooked for how, how good they were. Um, but Quentin Wright, you can't ever count that guy out either. He just found a way. Uh, speaking of overlooked, Quentin Wright, I felt like was overlooked every year and found his way back every year. That said, I got Ed Ruth winning it. Uh, I wasn't thinking by a major, but I forgot Quentin Wright was hurt. Uh, if there was a time Ed Ruth would do it, that would be it. Yeah, for sure. And Seth, what are you feeling? Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, bonus points for Ed Ruth in the match. All right, so Ed Ruth by major. Sounds good to me. Um, cool. So we got a major decision for Ed Ruth over Quentin Wright, and we will move on to see yet again Quentin Wright. Um, in a different year, different team. Uh, but the 2013 Quentin Wright versus 2011 Dustin Kilgore. This one's fun to talk about as well because we have actually seen this match. Not only have we seen it, but it's, it was a national final. Um, but obviously these two different years, um, you know, they, they were – it wasn't this year. or It was two different years. So uh, fun stuff to talk about. But – 2013, Quentin Wright. Let us know a little bit about uh, where he was at in 2013, Earl. All right, so this is his only year at 197. He went 32-0 and 0 in the NCAAs. He pinned Scott Schiller in the quarters. He uh, beat Matt Wilps of Pitt in tiebreakers in the semis, then beat Kilgore 8-6 to six in the finals. Uh, this was his fourth time AA. He went 6-1-2-1. And uh, he was one sixteen and twenty three for his career. All right. On the flip side, Dustin Kilgore, Seth. So this is Dustin Kilgore's. He had kind of weird. Did he do his red shirt late or middle of his career or something? Yeah, I think this was an Olympic red shirt in two thousand twelve. He took. Yeah, that's right. So this is the year he uh, won nationals. He beat he was the four seed going in, and he knocked off Cam Simons in a crazy match, uh, ten to nine in the semifinals. And uh, yeah, went on to win. And I think he was a two time AA or was he a two time champ at this point? No, no, he had just won it once. Right, two time All American. Yeah, two time All American. Yeah. I bet. But yeah, so he's two time All American, and then this is the year he beat Cam Simons. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, it, it's even with the years, I don't really think that makes a difference. Um, because, you know, 2013, we actually saw this match in the finals, Quentin Wright kind of picked him apart, um, just under hooks for days. And yeah, I mean, 
2011, Kilgore did win the championship, but he also, yeah, took an Olympic red shirt in 2012. You got to imagine he got even better over that year um, and then came back and took that loss to Quentin Wright. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the, the win for Quentin Wright by just decision. Um, Cause it was, I, th- I believe it was eight to four, right. in that match. Eight, um, six. Eight, six. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go decision for Quentin Wright. Uh, Earl, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's hard to actually unsee the match that they wrestled together. Um, I think if most people, especially at the time, saw these two guys on their own, they would have picked Kilgore to win, but it was just a horrible style matchup. Uh, Kilgore was just all in your face, uh, action, pressure, and uh, those underhooks you mentioned with Wright just kind of picked him apart. Yeah. Also, I think there's there's a lot of guys you kind of think back and you're like, the, these guys are like the Mr. March guys of certain years. I think he was definitely a guy that just turned it on at the end of the year, you know, in the tournament. So hard to pick against him. But Seth, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm on board with Quentin Wright. I think that, right, I think Kilgore got better after that and he beat him in 2013. So I think I got to go Quentin Wright here. Awesome. Jack? Yeah, Quentin Wright for sure. And Sam? I got Quentin Wright, although Dustin Kilgore was a blast watch, man. That dude was exciting and a a character. He was a lot of fun. I always liked going on trips with him. Uh, He had a crazy, he did, uh, and maybe the Earl, maybe you remember, like a reach back. He just reached back like you're not supposed to do and put everybody on their back with it. It was the craziest, like, slow-mo side roll switch thing. Crazy, and he hit it on everybody. So I'd never count him out of a match, uh, but I have Quentin Wright also. Got he also, like, sat on people's chests to pin them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if y'all remember that, but didn't isn't that how he pinned Clayton Foster that year? He just, like, sat on his chest in the middle of a scramble and stuck yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, whatever works. I've got a good Kilgore story, too. So the first time I was at the OTC, I was in middle school. And or going into high school, and I was wrestling there with like their junior program, and we played handball. And he was a resident athlete there, and they play handball, like tackle handball. Yeah. And so he, I had the ball, and he came at me and just trucked me, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <Help> me out. <laughs> what? It was like below 100 pounds at that point. He was gigantic. Yeah, I think I was a little scared of him growing up, man. I think it was his name, and then he was just a freaking scary dude. Yeah. (laughs) Kilgore. I was like, oh, geez. Man. All right. Well, Quentin Wright takes the win there. Uh, Moving down to 285 pounds, Tony Nelson of Minnesota versus Zach Ray of Lehigh. This is another one that we have seen also in the NCAA finals. Um, I'm correct on that one, right? Not losing my mind. Um, But – 2013, Tony Nelson. Earl, kick it off. This is sophomore year, Tony Nelson. He was seventh at the, as a freshman. He was the two seed this year, went 32-2. and two. His NCAA tournament was a uh, quarterfinal win over Gerard Trice, one to nothing, semi over Alan Galagaya, five to four. And then he beat Mike McMullen, uh, six to two in the final. He also beat McMullen in the Big Ten finals. All right. Zach Ray, Seth. Uh, he's a three-time All-American. He got third, second, and first. Um, one of, this is his senior year, 
and he beat Dom Bradley and Ryan Flores this year. And, uh, yeah, so him and Nelson did wrestle before. I think that's a big thing to look at here. So, Yeah, so I, I, I was right on that. Tony Nelson beat him in the finals one year, right? Yeah, I think the year he the finals. Second. Okay. Um, yeah, so I actually I, – I can't remember that match too well. Does anybody remember watching that and kind of how that went down? Got the um, score. I mean, I'll, I'll say we're kind of spoiled right now with some of the heavyweights that, uh, you know, your Kyle Snyder's, your Gable Stevenson's, your athletic guys, where, you know, these were kind of bigger guys that didn't have a whole lot of action going on. You know, no mm -hmm. offense to either one of them. They're both great wrestlers. But Yeah. Uh, what would you say the score was, Jack? 4 1. 4 1. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'll just go ahead and kick it off. Tony Nelson, he was he was, yeah. I think he hit the nail right on the head with the these heavyweights are getting a lot more athletic, and um, we're definitely spoiled with these recent guys being able to watch. You know, guys like um, you know Mason Paris, Gable Stevenson, uh, even Tony Cassiope is kind of a more athletic heavyweight than than the norm back then. Um, but Tony Nelson, just a giant man, uh, was good on top he's still wrestling um i don't think he'll ever quit he he might wrestle till he's like 50 years old um and still beat all the best guys i mean he beat gable what last year or the year before um so i'm gonna stick tony nelson by decision hey jacob yeah. that won't happen again this year gable will uh, be our guy i didn't say it would happen again <laughs> uh, but he, it is an undeniable fact that it did happen at one point <laughs> I've got Tony Nelson in this as well. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, Sam, what are you thinking? I got Tony Nelson. I always thought that guy was going to win. Uh, Zach Ray, I never thought would win. To his credit, he always found a way to get in there. And every time I thought, uh, not this time, and he would win. But uh, Tony Nelson all day. Yeah. Sam Fierro. Yeah, I'll give you a fun fact about Zach Ray. I believe that this year he lost in the EIWA finals. So he's the most recent guy to lose his conference tournament but still be the number one seed. But sign me up for Cody Nelson. Wow, so he was still the number one seed even losing his, his yeah. finals. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, I don't think that really ever happens just because the biggest criteria is your conference finish for your seed. Yeah, I, I think they've probably changed it and weighed it more since then. Yeah, for That's sure. Great. Um, but Tony Nelson, by decision, moves on for 2013. And we'll skip back around to the top. This one's definitely going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, Jesse Delgado of Illinois versus Anthony Robles of Arizona State. Man, I don't even know where to start there. So let's kick it off. Seth, tell us about Anthony Robles. So this is Anthony Robles' senior year. He was a three-time All-American. This is when he beat Matt McDonough in the finals pretty handedly. And um, his senior year, he was 36-0. and 0. He had uh, 31 out of his 36 matches were bonus points. So he was on fire his uh, senior year and was not going to be stopped. For sure. Um, that was a very, very close Hodge race with uh, – who, who won this? That was uh, Jordan Burroughs. Very, very close Hodge race there. Um, a lot of people argue that Robles should have won it. But on the other end of things, Earl, tell us about Jesse Delgado. 
right, this is uh, sophomore year Jesse Delgado. He was seventh as a freshman. His uh, NCAA tournament path beat Nathan Kreiser 10-7 in the quarters. Uh, Nashawn Garrett 10-5 in the semis. And then uh, Nico Megaluda 7-4 for the championship. He also beat McDonough in the Big Ten finals. Uh, was 30-2 and two and third at the Midlands. Awesome. Um, man, I don't even know where to start here. I'm going to start us off with a little guy. All right, Sam, tell us, what are you feeling with these two guys? Uh, I'm going Anthony Robles. He, he figured it out that year. He, uh, his freshman year, I want to say, was my senior year, and he might have been one of the only freshmen I had a game plan for because uh, you had to be ready for him. You had, to, you had to have some kind of game plan, and that was when he was a freshman. I can't imagine his senior year and the difference uh, between his junior and senior year was unreal. Uh, that Anthony, he figured that out earlier. He would have won it every year. I, I mean, you look down in that picture, he's a, he's a giant. His arms, his hands were so big. Once he figured out how to kind of play defense until he got his hands on you, oh, my goodness. Uh, and Jesse Delgado, it, so fast, and uh, his technique, unbelievable. But that matchup, I think, is really good for Anthony and not so good for Jesse. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think matchup-wise, this would be a terrible matchup for Delgado. I think that his scrambles and stuff won't work well against Robles. Robles was so strong. As soon as he gets a hold of you, it was it was hard to get away, scramble around from him, and got to go Robles on this one. For sure. Um, Jack, what about you? Yeah, I mean, Robles was unstoppable this year. I think just what he did to McDonough in the finals is like, pretty much unheard of no one's ever beaten McDonough that bad so although Delgado is amazing I think that he plays more to people like I don't know he needs to scramble more and I think Robles is just too big too strong to to scramble with so I'll go Robles yeah I 100% I agree same thing I think that Delgado really does thrive in those scramble situations and those leg passes and off of other people's shots, and I just I don't see him being able to to get to his positions with Robles. So I'm going to go Delgado as well. Um, and Earl, what do you think? Yeah, one thing I think I heard uh, McDonough say one time was that Robles, and this was kind of like, like what Sam said, you needed to have one match against Robles to kind of just get a feel for him. So just in a one match setting, they've never met before. I have a hard time seeing Delgado beating him. Yeah. Um, are we all on just a decision here? Yeah. 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 I was thinking more myself, but yeah, man, that, uh, I, that's something you're watching all these, these guys being a fan of the sport. There's certain guys that I would love to be able to wrestle just to feel certain situations. Um, and Anthony Robles is definitely one where I would just, I want to know what that tilt is like, you know, hit it on everybody. And I just, I really would want to know what that feels like. Um, coming from him because, you know, I, I think it's just a, a place where he's just so positionally strong. Um, and, yeah, that's that's really good tilt, man. But 133 pounds, this one um, is, is a lot of fun and has a lot of controversy surrounding it. Um, but we'll, we'll get started with it. 200, or 2013, Logan Steber versus 2011, Jordan Oliver. Um, Earl, kick us off with Logan Steber in 2013. 
All right, this is Logan Stieber's sophomore year. He went 27-0, won his second of four national titles. In the quarters, he teched Cody Brewer 17-1. He uh, teched A.J. Shop 18-2 in the semis and then beat Ramos 7-4 in the finals, also beat Ramos in the Big Ten finals, and was the O.W. at Cliff Keen. That's, you just casually text those two guys on the way to the finals. That's insane. Um, Jordan Oliver, tell us about him, Seth. This was also Jordan Oliver's uh, sophomore season. He was 29-0 and on the year. He's a two-time All-American at this point. He had 24 out of his 29 matches, ended in bonus points. Um, this is the year he beat Tyler Graff in the semis, and then he beat Andrew Hawksdresser in the finals. Mm -hmm. oh, that's sophomore year versus sophomore year here all right so before we even get into our picks I, I gotta ask all right we gotta go around and say was it a takedown or not I know it's a different year 2012 was it a takedown or not should Steber have won or should J.O. have won what do you guys think I'll start off with Seth don't start with me yeah, uh, get fired up I'll start <laughs> I'll start it was it was the right call his head was in the middle at that point in time. Your head had to be on the outside, and um, it wasn't too. It was the right call. As, as much control as he had, the rules were wrong, and it's the rules' fault. But that wasn't too. His head was in the middle. Yeah. Sam, how about you? I thought it was, I thought it was two. Yeah. I remember watching it and thinking he had two. Uh, but it was it was close enough. There's a reason it's debated to this day. Yeah, I can definitely I can see both both angles of it. I mean, I think that the the rules are obviously the biggest factor in this. But like for me, it's two man. It's got to be a takedown. But I 100% like if that's the way that the rules should have scored it, that's the way the rules should have scored it. But dude, that's that's a takedown nine times out of ten in any year. Um, Earl, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, just watching it, I thought it was a takedown, but, you know, knowing how the rules were applied at the time, uh, I do think it was the correct call for the time. I'm glad the rules been changed since. And the guy who implement or who made the call in the match, Virginia native Mike McCormick. Yeah, his, his son's my, my teammate. Yep. <laughs> he, said, he said that they've gotten, like, hate mail for it. <laughs> People are, like, been real pissed about it man um seth have you are, are you able to talk about this or should we move on oh man this one hurt me man i was a huge jordan oliver fan and this one freaking broke my heart and uh yeah i thought it was two all day i freaking was ready to go run down and fight the ref at the time but uh you know nothing nothing we can do jordan oliver got hate, on hate mail what's that it was from Seth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. Well, look, let's get into this specific matchup then. 2011, Jordan Oliver. 2013, Logan Stieber. Um, which way are we leaning on this one, Jack? What are you thinking? Ooh. I mean, it's. It... <sighs> I don't I'll know. I'll start. I I got I got Stieber. I think he wins. More times than not, you put them together ten in a row. I got Steber winning more. 
Yeah. I love Oliver. He's fun to watch, but man, it's hard to go against Steber. Who was sure. good with you, man? Like, I can't pick against Jordan Oliver. I think there's a better argument for Steber, but just J.O. found a I mean, obviously didn't find a way in 2012, <laughs> I guess, but uh, <laughs> Jordan Oliver for me, man, I got no argument to back that up because the numbers look like they favor Steber and just how dominant he was, but J.O. freaking can move and do things that nobody else could do. Yeah. Earl, what do you think? I really want to pick Jordan Oliver based on 2012. But, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just looking, like Seth said, looking at those results from uh, those previous matches within the semis and quarters against those studs, it's it's really hard to argue with Steber. And I would pick Steber at this point. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit here and pick Logan Steber. Just I think that he got so much better as the years went on, um, and with that being such a close match that year, another year under his belt, Logan Steber, you know, teching guys like AJ Shop in the semifinals. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Steber here. Um, but even this year, it was like controversial in his win with Tony Ramos. Like the cradle, Ramos had him on his back, and there was no points. I think that changes the match. I'm going to go J.O. Because in 2012, J.O. had a win over Steber, like during the regular season as well. And so, I mean, although Steber's a four-time NCAA champ, I don't know. J.O.'s right there. I mean, stud. Absolute, absolutely unreal. So. All right. Well, three to two. Logan Steber, super close vote. Uh, but Logan Steber edges him out uh, again. And a, a controversial, another controversial win. Uh, but 141 pounds, Kendrick Maple uh, versus Kellen Russell. So, Seth, kick us off, Kellen Russell. Um, so, Kellen Russell is a junior this year. At this point in time, he was a two-time All-American, one-time NCAA champ. Um, and that year at NCAAs, he beat Montel Marion in the ultimate tiebreakers in the semis. And then he beat Boris Nikot. How do you say that? Boris Novoshkov. Yeah, Novoshkov. Uh, three to two in the finals. All right. And then on the other end, Kendrick Maple, Earl. All right. Kendrick Maple, he was a junior this year. He was the two seed. Um, he finished undefeated 31 and 0. Uh, quarters, he beat Mark Falwig 12-3. In the semis, he beat Oogie from, uh, I can't pronounce the last name, from the Citadel 4 nothing, And uh, he beat Mitchell Port 4-3 for the title. The one seed was Hunter Steber, who Port beat in the semis. Uh, Maple also won the Midlands that year. And I think that he probably improved more than any guy on this list from, you know, freshman year to championship because uh you know a lot of these guys were kind of superstars coming out of high school yeah man um well, well seth what are you thinking on this one i'm thinking i'm leaning kendrick maple i think matchup wise his athleticism and his ability in different positions was just unreal and i think kendrick maple's length would play a factor in this match yeah uh sam Oh, I can't make all day, and I am happily biased. <laughs> I've, I've wrestled a lot of guys over the years, and Kendrick Maple is the only one that, when he was on, 
it didn't matter if I was on, like I couldn't touch him. I couldn't get to a leg, not even getting close to finishing. I couldn't get any kind of offense going. I would get so frustrated. I'd be yelling at uh, Coach Leitner, just like, put me with somebody else. This, this isn't helping my training. I, I can't even touch the guy. It was unreal when he was on. And then, you know, senior year, he had some kind of weird stomach issue. He watched matches, wrestling on a knee. Like, he didn't do that. He couldn't even stand up during matches. Uh, man, I, I can't explain how good that guy got. It was unreal. I, I can make all day. Has anybody here ever wrestled Kellen Russell? No? Not looking like it? Um, yeah. All right. So, Earl, what do you think? Yeah, man, it's always hard to pick against Kellen Russell just because he had just a ridiculous record in uh, close matches, uh, overtime, sudden victory. Um, but I like what Seth said about the length. I think that would make a difference, and I think he, he probably has too much offense for Russell. All right. Um, so that, I guess, who, who are we missing, Seth? No, me. Nope, Jack. I I've got Kendrick Maple as well. I just remember that year he was pretty dominant, uh, undefeated season. Apparently, I just read that six out of these 2013 NCAA champs were all undefeated. So it was just a dominant year. But Kendrick Maple was uh, – he just crushed people. Um, and he was huge, huge 141. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh... – and I, I, sorry, I gotta go, Kellen Russell. I know it's already decided, but uh, I'm gonna throw my vote for Kellen Russell. Just the, the dude was amazing, and I think that he's kind of overlooked a little bit, and and how good he was for those two years. Um, but Kendrick Maple moves on for 2013, picking up the win, um, and we'll jump into yet another Jordan Oliver match. So 149 pounds in 2013, we have Jo. Versus 2011, Kyle Dake. So, let's start this one off. Uh, 2013, Jordan Oliver Earl. All right, so this is his only year at 149. Jumps up two weight classes. Uh, he went undefeated 41-0. and And the quarters he beat – or, yeah, the quarters he beat Jake Souflon 11-3. Semis he beat Steve Santos 14-3. In the finals he beat Jason Chamberlain 3-2. Uh, he won the scuffle. He was a four-time All-American going 4-1-2-1. And he is Oklahoma State's all-time leader in bonus point percentage with 77% and falls with 54%. Man. Wow. Um, all right, Kyle Dake, Seth. So this was sophomore Kyle Dake, two-time NCAA champ at the time. He was 31-2 and two on the season. Um, at Nationals, he was the fourth seed going in. He ended up beating – so Grahales got knocked off. He was the one seed. He got knocked off in the quarters. And then uh, Kyle Dake beat Sanja. And then um, he beat Frank Molinero in the finals. Pretty pretty dominant win in the finals. But before that, he had some pretty close matches. Yeah, this is like – I was thinking the other day, and I was trying to think of, you know, other things that we could do on the show at – and different matchups and all that kind of stuff. And this is one that popped in my head immediately that I would love to have seen. Like, I would absolutely love to see these two dudes throw down, you know, this, this weight or right around this weight. Um, and just it's offense versus defense here, man. I mean, just crazy offense from Jo. 
Uh, Dake, one of the hardest dudes to score on, doesn't ever really get scored on. Um, and so it's it's just it kind of depends on which way you want to lean, offense or defense here for me. Um, but, Sam, what do you think about this one? Man, I didn't know that about Oliver. Uh, but I, I think Dake. It's hard to go against college date. And I will say, I had this argument with guys all the time, but we'll see a four-timer undefeated before we see somebody else win four at four different weights. Um, And I just, I have a hard time going against date. I just, his defense, so hard to score on, and and Oliver's an offensive wizard. He's as good a technician as they come. Man, Dake just shut people down. He was good at it. So I, I'm going to go Dake, but this is one of the harder ones to choose for sure. Yeah. Um, Jack, what do you think? I got Dake. Oof. All right, let me jump in here before y'all jump <laughs> on board with Dake, man. This is Jordan Oliver all day. Dake had two losses on the year. The weight wasn't honestly that deep. I mean, Darian Caldwell going out in the net nationals or in the first round at nationals was a huge i mean i think dake loses if darian caldwell keeps going um but dake lost twice that year jordan oliver was unstoppable that year he had some close matches but four times this is senior jordan oliver right here he's a two-time national champ four-time all-american and i think he's so good at quick takedowns that he'd be able to get some quick takedowns on dake if it's a slide by if it's a quick finish and he's tearing he's taking dake out for sure, sophomore day he takes out. I 100% agree with you. I'm going to go J.O. here as well. Um, I, I think that the different years of Kyle Dake would sway me different ways, right? I think that, that if you're talking junior, senior year Dake, I might be going the other way, um, just that level of dominance that he had later in his career. But this year, like you said, he had two losses, um, and he had a lot of close matches and Jay was just destroying people. I mean, it, he was unstoppable. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna favor the offense here. Um, I think it's a close match, but when it's so close, I, I I'm taking the offensive wizard over here, and I think Jay is gonna edge him out by a point or two. So I got Jordan Oliver, and we're gonna leave it to Earl to decide. <laughs> oh, that, that's convenient. You did that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I go Jo. Wow. From from what you guys are saying, I mean, uh, sophomore year, Kyle Dake, he was beatable. He lost in the EIWA finals. Um, You know, Oliver was on a a different level. He had a guy in the final that was pretty defensive and Chamberlain himself, not the level of Dake, but uh, he managed to get it done in the last couple seconds with his little uh, shrug that was kind of one of his trademarks. And DJ. Yeah. Let's go. Um, how do you how do you guys feel about the uh, the matchup with Joe and Nolf coming up? You seen that? Be crazy. That's gonna be fun. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, that whole that whole card's gonna be kind of cool. Um, but 157 pounds. We'll move on. Derek St. John of Iowa in 2013 versus 2011 Bubba Jenkins. Seth, kick us off with Bubba Jenkins. So this was Bubba Jenkins' senior year. He was a two-time finalist, a one-time champ. Uh, this is the year he pinned uh, David Taylor in the finals. And 
Yeah, great. He had a great year that year. Mm-hmm. 2013, Earl, for uh, Derek St. John. Derek St. John was a junior this season. He went fourth and second the previous two seasons. Uh, he was 31-2 and two in the quarters. He beat Josh Demas 4-0. Uh, semis, Alex Deeringer 3-2 in tiebreakers. And then in the finals, Jason Welsh 3-2. Um, St. John was also third in the Big Ten this year. He lost to James Green in the semis. And yeah, just a common matchup right away. Bubba Jenkins did beat Jason Welch uh, eight to five in the semifinals in 2011. Yep. Was this the year that the top four seeds were all undefeated, or am I just crazy thinking that? Steve Fittery, Adam Hall, David Taylor, and Bubba Jenkins. because no, uh, Adam Hall was undefeated. He was the one seed. Fittery was definitely undefeated. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Bubba lost a haul in the Pac-12, so oh, okay, okay, okay. So there's three hundred. Yeah. yeah, I knew that there was something was like De- that. Was Derek St. John in that way? In yeah, 11? he was the sixth seed. He took fourth. Mm-hmm. Mm. He got beat yeah, thirteen to one by Steve Fittery. Yeah, the third. And Jason Welch knocked off Adam Hall in 2011. Man. Um... So, which way are you guys leaning on this one? Sam, what do you think about this matchup? Man, this was the one that I had a question mark by. Uh, Bubba was explosive, but I remember thinking I thought Taylor would beat him. Uh, I thought Taylor was better. And then uh, Derek St. John, I love the way that guy wrestles. He's in, he's in all, of, all of his matches. He's always fighting. If if I had to choose, I'm probably going. Man, I'm probably going Bubba, but I could be easily swayed, easily swayed, because Derek's always he doesn't have a bad match, you know. Bubba had bad matches now and then. Derek's yeah. always in the fight, but if I had to choose, I'm probably going Bubba though. All right, yeah, I I actually I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take Derek St. John. I think, like you're saying, it's super close match. It, it's hard to pick one way or the other. Um, but I'm I'm really gonna stick with the grinder and St. John, um, and and we'll kick it on to somebody else to talk a little bit more yeah, about. I'll, it. Ju- I'll jump in there. Um, so Derek St. John was actually my favorite dude growing up. Like I loved watching him, loved his style, loved what he did. Uh, he made the finals on a bum knee one year, which was crazy impressive. But with that being said, I'm gonna go Bubba Jenkins because. Right, they both wrestled the same dude in the finals. Bubba Jenkins pins him, and Derek St. John lost to him. And I think you got to go Bubba Jenkins. Yeah. Um, all right, Earl. What do you think? Man, I got. I I love Bubba Jenkins, uh, Virginia guy. I watched him wrestle since he was probably seventh grade, I think. Uh, so I'm slightly biased here. Uh, I do think that if this match were to be wrestled 10 times, St. John would probably win four times. But uh, I don't know. You put Bubba on the big stage. um, I feel like he thrives in that environment. And uh, I could see him pulling out just uh, one single match. Thrives in that environment, except if the man across from him is Brent Metcalf. Well, he he had a great match in this. That's another – you want to look at Darian Caldwell matches. When he beat uh, Caldwell in the 2008 semis, uh, that was a heck of a match. 
Yeah. I'm thinking more of the, uh, was it 2009 Big Ten Championships with uh, Brent Metcalf and Bubba Jenkins? I, th- I think he was hurt and then uh, went 0 and 2 at Nationals in the couple weeks. <laughs> but yeah. that, was, that was a beat down, though. Um, it, it was ugly. It was, ugly. It, was, it was bad. But all right. So, Jack, what do you think? Oh, I got Bubba. Jacob, Jacob loves Iowa, man. Jude loves Penn State and Jacob loves Iowa. I'm happy that I'm on this show to bring them down a few right. notches. <laughs> no, come on. I, I think it's I, I think it's a close match. Um, and I, I like the more grinding style. But also, I was a gigantic David Taylor fan that first year. Um, he was I actually went to Penn State camp the summer before, and he was my counselor for the whole week. And so I was just pulling for him so hard. I loved him, and uh, you know, your man Bubba Jenkins pinned him. So. Yeah, uh, you know, call me salty, whatever, but you know, the vote wouldn't have mattered if I went any other way. So, um, Bubba Jenkins wins this match, unfortunately, and uh, and we'll move to the the main event of the duel, 165 pounds. Uh, this is the one that it garnered so much attention on FRL um, when both these guys joined the show to talk about this exact match. Um, 2013 Kyle Dake versus 2011 Jordan Burroughs. I, man, I, I went back and forth thinking about this for the past 24 hours, and I still don't know what I'm picking either. So um, we'll kick it to Earl. Tell us a little bit about 2013 Kyle Dake and his historic career. All right. You, you guys all know the four titles, four years. This is a senior year. He beats uh, Nick Solzer 13 nothing in the quarters. Then uh, Tyler Caldwell, 2-0 in the semis. And David Taylor, 5-4 in the finals. He beat Taylor at the Southern Scuffle that year. And they also wrestled in the All-Star match, which was unofficial. But Dake won in, uh, I think, tiebreakers there as well. Yeah. And then on the other end of things, Jordan Burroughs, 2011. Seth Phillips in for that. So he was a two-time champ, um, undefeated champ these last two years. He was unbelievable. He bonus point his way through the NCAA tournament, beating um, Colts, Vaughn Seller in the semis, and then 11-3 over Tyler Caldwell. Andrew Howe was in that bracket. And Jordan Burroughs goes on to make a team right out of college and win a world championship. And, yeah, that's Jordan Burroughs. Absolutely. And, uh, man, these not only are, are these these two just capping off historic careers, they're some of the best to ever do it. They're both Hodge Trophy winners in this duel. Um, so, Jack, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the task of starting it off first for us. Oh, man, I am about to make myself look so bad here. But <laughs> I think Kyle Dake is the GOAT of college wrestling. I've said it. I stick to it. But maybe that's purely based on accolades because I'm going Burroughs here because Burroughs won a world title right out of college and Dig didn't make the team because of Burroughs. So, I mean, it, even though it's freestyle, I think that freestyle and folk style are very similar. Um, would the top game of Dake neutralize Burroughs maybe I mean he was like one of the best top wrestlers ever maybe that's one thing I remember when they talked a little bit Jordan Burroughs said nobody held him down ever so 
I also don't think he ever wrestled anybody that was just maybe as good as Kyle Dake was on top, but yeah, but there's no way. He also, in that whole argument, several times said that he wouldn't take down or he wouldn't have to take down. He kept talking about not taking down and being able to win. And so I definitely think, I think he's obviously confident in himself, but like just the fact of him saying like, oh, I don't need to take down. I wouldn't take down. That, that kind of tells me that I think Kyle Dick could have, could have put the ride on there. Um, so I, Jack, did you go with Burroughs? I'm Burroughs. Nah, I'm Kyle Dake. I got Dake in a folk style match here. Um, I think that's the biggest deal. Uh, I think folk style really does play into it here. Um, I think on their feet, they're, you know, similar. I think maybe you might favor Burroughs, but I can also see, see Dake with that incredible defense. I can see him stealing a shot too. Um, but I think top game is, is the, is the difference for me here. I think it's so close in, in most areas, but I can see Dake getting away from Burroughs and I can see um, either him holding Burroughs down enough to get riding time or um, Burroughs not even picking bottom and, and kind of giving away that point. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to pick Kyle Dake here. And uh, Seth, what do you think? Jordan Burroughs all day, every day, man. Like, unstoppable this dude goes on to freaking win a world title Kyle Dake didn't even really come close to making a team right out of college Jordan was on another level man and then he goes on to freaking be undefeated on the senior level for how long I mean this dude and I can't unsee a freaking seven and one record that Jordan Burroughs has over Kyle Dake I know it's later on but this dude was unreal and just yeah I think he was unstoppable his senior year I absolutely love both these guys. I think they're amazing. It's so much fun to watch. But, dude, come on. Like, the reason that, that Kyle Dake didn't get to win a world title until later in his freestyle career, obviously because of Jordan Burroughs. But if you guys watch that Bad Blood documentary, dude, so many calls. Dake got burnt so many times or was literally just right there so many times. And That's the way he wrestles, though, man. Uh, That's the way I don't he know. wrestles. There was Burroughs just lights dudes up, so we ain't got to worry about that. I didn't realize, though, back, like, watching it in real time, but, like, watching it back, I there was so many calls where the ref, I think, might have kind of swayed a certain way or, or whatever. Um, ah, I, I don't know. I've, I'm, I got kind of can't leave it up it to back. the ref, Jacob. No, nah, dude, you like, can't I can't leave it up to the ref. <laughs> I, I actually was, like, 100% Burroughs, Team Burroughs, and then I watched that Bad Blood, and I'm like, dude he got burnt like several times like I, oh man i i don't know but all right we got two burrows um and i'll, I'll kick the sam because i don't want to i don't want to make you go last so sam what do you think yeah i got uh andrew howe coming in out of nowhere and beating both of them <laughs> <laughs> bear hug to the back <laughs> yeah getting get the ball he's got wins over both of them no uh man, it's it is hard to go against steak but that was the beginning of Jordan Burroughs. Uh, I mean, he didn't lose for like three years. Was was it 65 and 0 in freestyle? And and no doubt he's better at freestyle. But this was junior year Burroughs. I'd have gone Dake all all day. Uh, senior year Burroughs is when he found his rhythm, and uh, you know Dake didn't make the team for a while. Uh, and to be the refs shoes, if you're gonna lean one way or another. You got the guy that's undefeated, world champ, Olympic champ. That's the way you lean. 
and I don't like when refs do it. I don't like the politics at all. But if it's going to happen, that's uh, that's the way it should happen. Lean toward the guy that uh, that has earned it so far. Uh, and to Jordan Burroughs' point, I think he was saying, not that he was scared of Dake, but Dake's point was he would ride everybody, he would ride them, and Jordan was saying, like, I can neutralize that right away. I'll take you down, I don't even have to choose down. Like, I'll take your best part out right away, and then what are you going to do? How are you going to answer if I don't choose down because I'm winning? Uh, and I think that's what would happen. On the feet, I got Burroughs. Uh, Dake could maybe ride him on top, but I don't think he necessarily has a chance. I think uh, Jordan has no problem stealing a takedown. I love so I'm going to go – go ahead. I, I loved the, like, disrespect in the interview of Dick kept going. It's all right. I, I'd switch. Reversal. I'd, re I'd reverse you. It's like every time yeah. he's like – True. <laughs> yeah. You got Burroughs. I, I like their confidence, uh, but I got Burroughs. And I will say uh, NAI has a cool rule. So we do uh, – we get to send 12 nationals instead of 10. So – this kind of always my example. Burroughs was the best in the world, and Dake and Taylor both behind him, and as soon as they moved to another weight, they both won a world title. And if they're NAIA, both of them can wrestle, even if they're at the same weight. They don't have to uh, be the backup to a Jordan Burroughs for, for college. It's a, a really cool rule that I wish other divisions did. That is pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do it. They do it in the Olympics in a lot of sports. Swimming, we got first and second all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I wish they would do it in wrestling. I understand why they don't, but I wish they would. Anyway, that's a pet peeve of mine. I think it would make for a better product, you know, for the fans. Absolutely. I, like, because there's so many dudes, you know, you think obviously we're biased for these U.S. guys, but there's so many dudes over in Russia, you know. Like, they got – probably got five dudes on their team that could be in the finals, you know, yeah. in certain ways. Yeah. And so that would, just, that would be so much fun if they would do that and just be able to – watch i mean almost like yeah. an open world championship speaking of uh andrew Howe, he he did it you know he won uh tbilisi he didn't officially win it but the russian was just laying on his belly for like three minutes and they kept not giving him takedowns uh if you've never seen that match you should watch it it's on incredible but yeah andrew Howe was easily number two in the world behind uh jordan that year easily yeah we we We've had some unbelievable guys. It's all the more why I got Burroughs. The guys that he's beat to stay number one is incredible. Sure. Uh, when I think about that, <laughs> when I think about that, I think about like when it was the Soviet Union instead of Russia. Yep. Because that whole Soviet bloc, Uzbekistan, all the stands were a part of Russia. And then all those Eastern European countries were also a part of Russia. So instead of sending 20 guys, they're sending one. And Kendall tells me that all the time when he was yeah. – because he wrestled during the fall of the Soviet Union. So he went from wrestling one Soviet Union guy to wrestling 10, 15, 20 Russians, you know. So it was a game changer. Yeah. All right, well, let's end it off. Earl, well, who do you got in this match? All right, so <clears throat> I'm not trying to throw shade necessarily – um maybe throw the shade not throw it <laughs> so so you know how uh you know how everybody was criticizing the last dance because michael jordan produced that thing or at least yeah. had some uh, you know control over it 
I felt like Bad Blood was, you know, had Cornell's executive producing or something because I, I felt it was kind of slanted towards Kyle Dake a little bit. But uh, that being said, um, yeah, I, I don't think I think Burroughs could kind of dictate how the match goes, getting a takedown or two in uh, this particular one, and, and that says something because because Kyle Dake is one of the greats all time of uh, collegiate folk style. I, man. <laughs> Jacob is hurting right now. I am. <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> oh my god! Whatever. Um, the show brings out the worst in us. It's okay. It's the first time I'm pissed, and it's not Jack. It's usually Jack pissed every time. Every time I walk away from the show, I'm just like enraged. Oh my because god! Because Jack's usually right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well. Hey. Whatever. Hey, Seth, Seth was the one that was mad last time. Jake's not going to invite me back. <laughs> I was mad last time. You guys kept picking against Zane, man. That was unreal. Hey, <laughs> hey did you guys see on uh, on Instagram, Caldwell uh, commented on our thing, and he put, uh, Zane, don't want the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I would love to see that. Um, but see. Anyways, we, we got we finished this first duel 2013 versus 2011. 2013, the two seed takes them out 19 to 12. Great match. A lot of studly matchups here, uh, but it was a great one. And we'll, we'll go ahead. Thank you again for tuning in to the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. We had a great time recording this one and really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. Find us on social media. Go to the Apple podcast app and leave us a a rate and review we would love to hear from you Um, and we look forward to seeing you at the next podcast so tune in and hope you enjoy it